millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And a reminder, the first 30 minutes of this podcast are available on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Google, and many of the major platforms. The full podcast is available at www.patreon.com forward slash SRB Media. SRB Media. Good evening, Gavin. Good evening, TC. And how are you? What kind of week have you had? And welcome all to our weekly podcast, Terry Curran's Current View with the Hardervilles. But Mr. Terry Curran, how are you, mate? Not too bad. I mean, what kind of week have I had? With the weather like it is, Gabby. There's nothing you can do. You can't get anywhere. You can't get around. Um, but thank, thank God for some football. Absolutely, T. We're going to be talking a little bit later on in the podcast. Sheffield Wednesday have got an important game tonight. Currently lying third in League One. Produced some magic moments this season. What magic moments have you produced for us this week? And a player sadly passed away, the great Pelé, produced so many memories that were golden and uh, memories that shall never be forgotten. So we're going to dedicate the podcast to the memory of uh, Edson Arantes de Nascimento, the GOAT. Yeah, let's give give his respect to him. Uh, Rest in peace, Pelé, as we all knew him. Um, If not the greatest, one of the greatest players of all time. Yeah. Um, Obviously, it comes to us all at the end of the day, but... It's still sad when you you know when you lose a great person and a, and a great ambassador for football like Pele. Absolutely, too. Eighty-two years of age. Um, used to think when I was young that eighty-two was really old. Now I'm getting to my sixties. I think eighty-two is rather young. But uh, when he was young, seventeen, scored a hat trick in the semi-final and two goals in the final. Final. Sweden, nineteen fifty-eight. Absolutely, and and one of those goals that he scored for me is the greatest goal that I've ever seen at the World Cup finals. At the World Cup finals, I remember, I think it may have been BBC or Match of the Day. I think it was Match of the Day. They were asking and they were giving their greatest goals of all time in the World Cup. Sadly, didn't remember Pelle, but I have noted that all of these people, that all these um, establishments, shall we say, that always forget the greats are uh, putting it out on their social networks and their their networking channels um, now about Pele. Like Alan always says, they put the statues up when they've passed away. Never remember them when they're alive. I know, which is sad, really. Because, it is. You know, like like our like Bobby Moore for England, a different type of player, defender, but absolutely sublime. Yes, he scored that. He scored. Well, he scored that many absolutely unbelievable goals. Mm. But the biggest thing, what my, uh, I'll always remember, uh, I'll always remember Pellion was in the final when he let the ball run past him. Yeah. Uh, and he let it run past the goalkeeper, and then he ran round him, and then he, he, he miskidded, but he didn't catch it right. Uh, 
and it, it goes wide, but if that had gone in, you know, the initiative to think of that in such a, an important game would have been uh, an all-time great. But it, the, 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 the magic moment of that, for me, will always stick in my mind. And, and, and again, is Eddie when Banks pulled off a save, which was out of this world. All great memories of Pelly then. Absolutely, T. So many brilliant memories. And memories that will never never fade, right. never never die. They will live forever. And the legacy of Pelle will live forever. Um, and also as well, of course, he played at Hillsborough against Sheffield mm-hmm. Wednesday for um, for Santos, didn't Santos, he? Yes. Was you there yes. that day, T? No, no. I was, I'd be about 12, I think. I didn't go to that game. It was a Full house, it was unbelievable. Uh, seen little clips of it, but I, I wasn't there. No, I wasn't there that day. So, what magic moments have you uh, sourced for us uh, this week, mate? Well, you know, I only go for one. Yes, you usually, do. But I've gone for a few. I've gone for a few uh, today uh, on the podcast, and I'm going to give you two players to watch. Go on. Um, the pass for Jawa. Mountino for uh, Everton, for uh, Wolves equalised. The pass itself was absolutely sublime. Yeah. Did you see it? I didn't see it. I was at Villa Park, so I, I wasn't watching that game live, and I haven't seen it since. The, 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 the best goal I've seen this weekend, and I've seen a few, the best goal was a guy called Ben Sager, plays for Monaco, 17 score two absolutely yeah. unbelievable players. And I'm going to give you another player to watch. So remember this name. And it it isn't easy. Uh, I mean, it's easy to pick these out because they play for the elite teams. Yeah. But this Ben Sager for uh, Monaco looks hell of a player. And Lewis for Manchester City, you yes. know, they look absolutely sublime players. And look, I'm going to hold my hands up. It ain't, it, 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 you know, it ain't hard to pick these players in these teams. But they still have to produce it with the great players and not fear playing against them or fear playing with them. Because sometimes, you know, it, it can, it can um, make them freeze. But obviously they look, these look to absolutely superstars in the making. Uh, ben Sager for, for Monaco. Have you, have you seen him, Gabby? Is that the fella that made his debut that scored the brace? Yes. Yeah. That's I, the boy. Yeah, I, I did post up uh, on the current view. Um, I don't think you can see it at the moment. You're currently no, in Facebook jail, aren't you? <laughs> so I did I've post. I've time in prison. I oh, know you have in the craze. In the craze. <laughs> Unbelievable, Jeff. And the other and the goal, <coughs> another goal I want to give to mention to is Rash, Rashford's uh, the other night against um, who were they playing? Man United. Uh, they played against the one three 0 against Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Yep, your old Forest, team. Forest, yeah, I can never forget Forest. Although that was a great, uh, great. The 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 try that he trained me looks at that because he's come off. I, I know they should have come with him, but you know sometimes it just catches you asleep. And so them's my magic moments, Gary. Yep, um, I have had a little mooch around the um, YouTube socials and. From what I I've seen of the game, game. I watched that Monaco game, me. I didn't again. I didn't see. It. I, I was down at Villa Park on. Um, God, do you know what? I forget what day of the Liverpool week. Liverpool played Liverpool on Tuesday. Yeah, it was um, Bank Holiday. It was on the Monday, wasn't it? Monday yeah, it was night. Boxing Day. Yeah, R five live on um, 
Amazon Prime. I don't know what your take is, but I mean, my mum and dad weren't very happy because they couldn't watch it. They haven't got Amazon Prime, but they're customers of Sky. And I do think it's an absolute disgrace that throughout the year you're paying your subscriptions and all your money to watch Sky. And then at Christmas, they take it off Sky and put it on Amazon Prime. I think it's an absolute disgrace. But, you know, that's by the by. But I was at Villa Park. It'll not be long before women's main games on Sky. Yeah, it will be. Tell you the way it's going. But uh, so, so, yeah, my magic moments are uh, Callum Cook's goal for Hartlepool against uh, Rochdale. That free kick, I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, no, Thomas, that, no, yeah, Thomas Asante's goal for the Albion against Bristol City. A phenomenal ball, great ball, and he's just hit it first time. uh, And also, Tom picked it out when we got back from Villa Park. I think we'd uh, we'd thawed out by the time we got back up to Bartley Green from Aston. And he said, oh, have you seen that? That's a magic moment. Martin Odegaard's nutmeg on Paqueta. It was sublime. He was in a tight little area, and he's just megged him and got away from two West Ham United players. When, and he when, looks a player, don't he? When I, when I, I, not only did I pick Arteta, I went yeah. through one or two of these players uh, and I picked him out and all. And one or two people sent me private messages ages, maybe six months ago. Mm. How can you fancy him? Yeah, How no. can you not fancy him? Yeah. But you know the English, unless, unless they don't get the sleeves rolled up, you know, and work hard, they're not players. They're, you know, they're, 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 they're all the lazy players. It's unbelievable. But again, that's just what the English game is based upon. We've we done it yeah. last week. Work right, work right, work right. Give me skill all day long over I work had, right. Listen, we did talk about this, but I had to laugh yeah. at uh, Warnock when he was talking about Messi. How he finds it um, amazing in walking about on a pitch. Again, you... You take Jack Grealish walking about on a foot, they'd be going absolutely ballistic, wouldn't they? Yeah, they would, yeah. What, what, he's right what he's saying, by the way. Yeah, what yeah, yeah. Doing, yeah. You know, but they, they know that Messi can win a game for them. Yeah. Not only the manager, the players. Mm-hmm. So he's finding space, what's going to be dangerous, so he can explode with or without the ball or passing the ball. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they, they just don't understand just football. We do not understand the game because all we are is channel balls or a mm. long ball, yeah. and get it away from our goals as quick as possible. That's 85% of our coaches. And yeah. somebody will come back about Al at Newcastle. But I've always said Al and the kid at Chelsea, if they can handle the big-name players, yeah. they have a chance. Because the philosophy of football is a lot different to the uh, majority of the uh, English coaches. And I think while we're talking about philosophy... And Eddie, I think you're absolutely spot on, as you always are too. You know, you played the game. You were in that dressing room. You've been around there. You've listened to the rhetoric. But um, when you look at Eddie Howe, at least five of those players, so that's half of the starting eleven, played for Steve Bruce while they had Mike Ashley in charge. And the fans absolutely hated them pair. But he's come in with new owners. He spent a bit of money. He spent it wisely. But in particular, um, Dan Byrne, who, who we brought in, he's a Steve Bruce kind of player. So he hasn't gone out and bought extravagant players, but he's gone out and bought wisely. What makes good managers is giving the best exactly. out of the team. Yeah. What makes elite managers is yeah. balancing a team up. Yeah. 
and giving it more the right more often than not. I keep telling people, doesn't mean that somebody sat on a bench or not in the team that is a bad player. If that manager likes that player and he gets the best out of him, yep. everybody then will why indeed being played? Because a new manager comes in, puts a certain players into the team and he looks a different player altogether. Yep. So what I'm gonna to say to you mm -hmm. is this. It's giving, it's get, giving a balanced team up together, right? There's more to it than, than meets the eye with that with me, because yep. it's not just a balanced team, right? It's getting the best out of the team. It's giving players what can control the ball, what's composed on the ball, what can see a pass, what will take a risk without causing a problem more often than not. Yep. That's why Southgate keeps failing, right? I don't want to listen to people tell me he's done brilliant. No, he hasn't done brilliant. He's had three chances to win three major tournaments right mm, which yeah. is the european championship uh and two uh world cups yeah. and he's blown it yeah, yeah. He's blown it, right whether people like it or not i, I say it as i see it mm. but that doesn't mean i don't think he's a nice man because it, to me he looks a lovely man but he's never going to be an elite manager absolutely another nice man looks as though um, is going to replace or maybe replace, and he's in the conversation if uh, what we're led to believe on, you know, these news outlets is true, uh, replacing another nice man, Dean Smith, who got fired at Norwich City. It's Steve Bruce. I mean, if sacking Dean Smith is, is the, if, if having so Steve Bruce, Bruce as the manager sacking Steve, uh, sorry, Dean Smith is not the uh, the question. It surely can't be. I mean, Bruce Ian at Norwich, a lovely, lovely man, Steve Bruce, and a lovely, lovely man, Dean Smith. But to get rid of Smith and then bring in Bruce, I, I can see that ending in tears. Well, listen, I've no sympathy. You know, I, I like little clubs like Norwich because, you know, always get 20-odd thousand people in yep, the game. Yeah, great club, brilliant club. Always play, always play decent football. Yep. When they have the first division, Where are you uh, going, to? Semi-finals, you know. Yep. Of uh, Cup Winners' Cup. Was it Cup Winners' Cup? Or was it? Who's that? Think, yeah, yeah, Cup Winners' Cup against Bayern Munich and all these, you know. They were certainly your, in European competition against Bayern no, no, Munich. Yeah, not the Cup Winners' Cup. It probably be UEFA. It was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um. So, I, I've always got a, I've always had a good soft spot for him. But Steve Bruce, it's about time. He's made all his money. Great kid. Good footballer. Mm. Never going to be an elite manager. What can get the best out of players? No chance. No so, chance. And if you're what Norwich... They see, what they see in that, I don't... I, well, I, they probably said the right things, aren't they? Yeah, but, but again, if you're Norwich, surely you must think, well, <clears throat> I'm a middleweight at best in a heavyweight competition. I can't beat you pound for pound, but what we can do is bring in some great players, have a good youth academy, sell the players on for a profit, and do something similar to what Brighton and Brentford have done successfully. But you're never going to be, in the modern age now, punching your... One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, 
you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Weight against the Manchester United, the Liverpools. You know, even Aston Villa are finding that difficult at the moment. Although they have got terrific owners, and and who knows if they start spending money like they're suggesting that they're going to, Villa could be in that top six, top four. But you need such an awful lot of money now. It's almost as though the the top Champions League clubs are run right. by states or billionaires. Under Mourinho, yeah. Van Gaal, they yeah. spent a fortune. Yeah. Man United, fortunes. Yeah. They've looked a shocking team. What are you eating, son? I've just picked up a, a Kellogg's crunching up. Yeah, they're nice they are, aren't they? So I don't use it, I just fancied one by looking at it. I mean, you are so multi-talented. I mean, last week you were cleaning your teeth and doing it. <laughs> Men can multitask. And now it's a crunchy, fantastic tea. Um, book Corner in association <clears throat> with myfootballbooks.com. Andy always uh, sends us over a recommendation. And uh, we have now done part 10 of our Football Book Corner, which is out on all your outlets that you get the podcasts from, where we look at a load of books and discuss them in a lovely, probably hour and a half, up to two hours of, of just talking books. We don't know where we're going. We just start and then we end. But uh, he sent us a book uh, written by David Proudlove, When the Circus Leaves the Town. And it's about football clubs that have moved out of the areas, uh, for instance, Bolton Wanderers moved out and then went to the uh, the Reebok Stadium as it first was, and other clubs that have moved out of their 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 spiritual home, yeah, and moved out of the town centre to to areas. I mean, Brighton of Ove Albion, they're out, aren't they? I think they're on a university. Tom said when he, he went, he wasn't impressed. I know Tottenham have moved. I believe, just over the road. But lots of clubs now are moving out of town slightly, aren't they, and building big grounds out there. Thompson, the Tottenham Hall, Tottenham did, was, they built on the same ground. Oh, is it actually on White Hart Lane? Yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah, they're uh, on the same ground. Yeah, I should be having a look at it. I'm yeah. going to Tottenham But you know, Middlesbrough, then, what they did, they moved out onto uh, Industrial Space, didn't they? Yep, they did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and it looks at what they've left behind because <clears throat> when they built the clubs and the grounds back in I suppose the early 1900s they bought it they built it in areas like Birmingham City for instance you know in in small Leith and Aston Villa in Aston where there was a local uh, fan base there 
Well, the, tr- the transport take all the transport type of thing, wouldn't it? You know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. But moving out of there, how it's impacted the lives of those businesses, you know, your paper shop, your local pub, etc., etc., and then um, say what impact it's had on their lives as well, well, they've gone that, out. That, but you know, when you, when you think about that, yeah, and you look about what's been happening in, in the global world, yeah, you know, uh, the big stores have got richer, yes, and it's affected the poor stores in and around absolutely yeah you know fish and chip shops you mm. know little bakeries little coffee shops all mm. little pubs and what have you you know it's been it's been a bit unreal to what they've what they've done to, to some of these um working class people what had little businesses i think if you're looking at most of the brands these days um you know if you look at say coca-cola etc or nike or adidas or whatever big brands that you've got global brands you know they've bought up all their competitors and um, and that's why they're so big so if you're looking at all the top brands in in the uh, in the world it's all this global uh, domination if you like and you're right yeah. i think football has been very similar where everything's been swallowed up by most unwelcome beast and in this book it's um it's a uh, a lovely little um, book about when the circus leaves the town. And uh, so it'd be a very interesting read because football does mirror life and what goes on in life goes on in football and the impact of football clubs leaving their their homes and uh, how it's impacted on their regulars. Uh, From Beauty to Duty, a footballing history of Uruguay, 1878 to 1917 by Martin de Cruz. Uruguay, a country that really does punch above its weight. Above its weight. Yeah, won the World Cup twice. And they, I mean, what are there? About three million people in Uruguay and they're always in the World Cup finals, aren't they? We moan yeah. about some of our they nations. They get to quarterfinals on a regular basis. Yeah, they? they do, yeah. Again, just a hotbed of football and football players. Croatia is another one. I know that Croatia, you know, it was... Different coaching, Gabby. Absolutely. Different coaching. Everybody else has has advanced. Yeah. We have stood still. That's what people say. We've got to, you know, a a semi-final, a final and a quarter-final. We still... When players come over here, they always... You hear any fan, they'll always say... Why are they technically better than us? Yeah. Cold coaching. Yeah, of course it is. Cold coaching. But again, a great pedigree of football. You look at both Croatia, which was Yugoslavia when I was growing up, and then they've they broke up and they're all little countries. I mean, Serbia isn't so much a little country, but Croatia is, and Croatia have done really well uh, in recent times in the World Cup, and Uruguay have always done well in the World Cup, of course, won the first uh, World Cup in their own country in 1930, and then beat Brazil in 1950, in the year that the, uh, the Maracanã was, was built for the kings of football, which was Brazil. But um, talk about party poopers. But that does look uh, an exceptionally good book. Of course, the World Cups won't be in it because it is from 1878 to 1917. But I do believe there's another book um, on its way. I mean, it takes a long time to write these books. I mean, some of these writers, I mean, the work that they put in to write a book, but I'm guessing that takes you up to, what, the end of the First World War, so it'll be after. But what a great footballing nation, a Uruguay uh, beauty, from beauty to duty, 
by Martin de Cruz. And then, yeah, and the, by the way, they won the World Cup. You, you know, it's incredible. Yeah, twice. Yeah. 1930 and 1950. First, yep. first. Um, I would say the first team to win it twice, but they wasn't because Italy was the first Italy. Uh, nation to win it twice in 34 and 38. <clears throat> and third in the uh, the trilogy, Inside Diego. It's written by his personal trainer, Fernando Signori, uh, with Luciano Wernick and Fernando Molina. So, again, there's so many Diego Maradona books out there. I think anyone that's ever picked up a pen has written and something about Maradona. Rightly so, because regardless of what majority of English think of him, you know, calling him a cheat, He's done no different to no. what you would have done or majority of English people would have done. Now, as for the referee and the linesman to see it and disallow the goal. Yeah, I mean, I've said before it's on the podcast. Book, you, know, you, find a lot, you know, it's typical English. Or it's not, we're not bothered about to, with any part taking part. Yeah, I mean, I've said it before on the podcast. Paul Scholes done it um, against... Um, Jerry uh, Henry. Yeah, Zenit, uh, yeah, Zenit St. Petersburg. It was a handball. Uh, it scored from it. Corner scored from it. Goals disallowed because it was it was picked up and it was disallowed. It wasn't picked up in Maradona's case, but um, you know it is. You know when people when people go on about Maradona and he's cheating. If that would have been England that would have done it, they would have absolutely loved it. Football is just full of hypocrites and the hypocrisy in football knows no bounds or levels. But the level of Maradona was one of the greatest of all time. And this book is another take on the one of the greatest. I don't like to say who's the greatest. I mean, Pelé. He's up there, Maradona is up there, Lionel Messi is up there, George Best, Johan Cross, Di Stefano. Yeah, the list goes on and they're all great. But again, when we opened up the Lundinho, show, you know, all of yeah, them. absolutely. We did um, call, I did call Pelly the goat. And, and, and I think that, you know, there is an argument that Pelly was the greatest and he is the only player to have won the World Cup three times, although in 62, I think he only played one game. And many Brazilians would argue that Garincha was a better player than Pele. It's all opinions, and you can't have more than one goat. So the argument will run and run, but Pele was a fantastic football. And I have had a couple of books for Christmas here. Uh, football Nation. Real books. <coughs> Absolutely. You know, so go down as, you know, as the real goat, you know, because he's one of the first to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And some of the things that Pelly done, we've seen all the bits and pieces, uh, the YouTube clips and that. I mean, he was just... Never off. forget, all these great players today learned them from Pelly and, you know, the George Best and the Christ of this world. Absolutely. And when he went to uh, New York Cosmos, Henry Kissinger had to go to Brazil to convince the president that uh, Pelly could play in America. So I'm guessing that there was a few trade deals that went on. That's how big Pelly was. And when Pelly signed for the Cosmos, football really did take off in America. Uh, and again, so when you look at legacies that players have left, I don't think anybody is going to leave a greater legacy than Edson Aranto de Nascimento. But Football Nation, a football in history of Brazil by David Goldblatt. I got that. And, um, and another book that I just want to give it a shout out to is Angels with Dirty Faces, uh, Jonathan Wilson, his book on the 
Argentinian footballing history of just won the World Cup for the third time. Brazil have won it five great times. Name for, great name for the Argies. Yeah, absolutely. Angel with dirty faces. They're great football, but they, they were dirty. They've always played a game um, that's based on skill and what's now commonly known as dark arts, haven't they? Yes. You know, they've they've all... Uruguay as well, a little bit. To yeah, be fair, you look at the Uruguay. But South America. I don't think Brazil, you could class them. No, I think Brazil have always been the purists, haven't they? Yeah. Apart from yeah. when they played Holland in 1974 and they kicked the Dutch off the pitch. I remember that day. I thought, my yes. word, how, how the uh, the I'll Brazilians have changed. That, yes. but, but apart from that game, Brazil have always um, played the beautiful game. And that's where the phrase comes from. Brazil in 1970. And Sam Kunte uh, has written a wonderful book that I shall be buying shortly about Brazil of 1970 and how they won the World Cup and arguably became the greatest football team ever to win that World Cup. Um, Topics of the week, we're we're in and out of of topics. Uh, I did notice something on social media. Over 200,000 people now have signed a petition to replay the World Cup final between France and Argentina. I thought, well, good luck with that. You've got a snowball's chance in hell. In fact, you've got more chance of platting fog. Why do they do things like this, too? Well, 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 what's it all about? <coughs> Excuse me. I think one of the goals, there was uh, the subs were on warming up and they were on the pitch. Technically, they shouldn't have been. So I think they're just looking at technicalities, etc., etc. But um, whether it, you know whether they were, whether they weren't, um, the game took place. Argentina won the World Cup fairly and squarely. That's uh, how well the game's got. Exactly, it's crazy. And I looked at it. I just thought, well, oh, the, you know, the, the the smaller ones what make the bigger noise are, are winning now. Yeah, it's crazy, yeah. isn't it? Absolutely crazy. But I looked I mean, at that. No, of course it wouldn't. I mean, it's absolutely got no chance. And I don't know why they bother. Just get over it. You were beaten by um, by the better team on the day. And these things happen in football. Um, congratulations to Erling Haaland. Scored 20 Premier League goals now in 14 games, which is a record. <laughs> Having said that, having said that, at the same stage, Dixie Dean had scored 25. So, yet yeah, that is the Premier League. I get that. But let's look at football in its entirety. By the way, it's only a, it's only a, Premier, a Premier League record. Of Dixie course it is, yeah. Is the record. <clears throat> of course it is, but they never go back to who's scored who was the first to score that's, that's 20 why goals? Of course they do. Of course they do. And that's what I'm saying. Now, Pelly's passed away. All these outlets are jumping on it. But, you know, 24 hours ago, they were all jumping up and down about Haaland has scored 20 goals quicker than anybody else. No, he hasn't. He hasn't. Dixie played, Dean did. I thought Jack played a lot better, yes, but especially second half. First half, he was terrible, wasn't he? Yeah. It just well, he's going back. They are doubling up on him. I will say. Yeah, that. they are. I agree with they that. They are doubling up on yeah. him. You know, but he's got to get himself in a in a, in a better position or a better body shape to go forward. Absolutely. But they do kick him. They do kick him. Hundred percent. Because what people say, you know, is it, it, inviting it. Well, 
whether you're invited or not, um, they're fouling him. I yeah. mean, the one when they when they when the kid in the second half absolutely belted him. You know, you think what's he done? That? Then- when you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers, and if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.